You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'll say it again. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Just turn to someone and say, you're looking good today. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 6, 19-20 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God in your body. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. See, God doesn't live in a temple or a church, right? He, he lives within you, believers. That's where God is found. People want to know, where do I find God? You're that walking, talking temple. That's what you want. But even as a non-believer, even someone who's not made that decision of faith yet, you know, you're still the temple of the Holy Spirit, even if the Holy Spirit's not dwelling in you yet. You might think, well, you know, I feel a little bit empty. And maybe you are, and maybe you try to fill it with things that aren't God, and that's why you still feel empty, because the reason why you don't feel full is because you're not full of the thing that's going to fill you. Well, that was a mouthful. Am I making sense? You're created to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. So if you're not living in fulfillment of that purpose you were created for, you'll feel unfulfilled. Here's the thing about people. Here's the problem with God, almighty, holy God, living in people like you or me. Because what are we like? Flawed? Sometimes rebellious? Sometimes dysfunctional? I'm speaking about me here, but I'm also Speaking about some of you. Amen. No one's going to say amen to that. Come on. <laughs> amen. I'm just making it Alright. Just want you to admit that Hannah's laughing because she's dysfunctional as well. But she knows out of, out of the two I'm the worst. I just want you to know. God gives you grace. God lives in messy people. That's my point that I finally got around to. God lives in messy people. Do you understand that? When Paul said to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians, you know 1 Corinthians, if you read it, it's a little bit like, a little bit harsh at times, because they were in a right state in terms of some of the way they were living, in terms of morally, um, you know, we talked about communion today, 1 Corinthians 11, you read that people are grabbing the bread, eating all the bread, drinking all the wine. Everyone's trying to exercise the spiritual gifts and prophesy at the same time, speaking over each other. It's like a, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a perfect church environment, you know, there's issues. And there's always issues. But listen, God still chose to live within you. Amen. And God transforms you by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So although you start in a place of needing His grace and you, and you, you kind of, you know, for the Corinthians, there was a lot of them living like the pagans that used to be. In fact, I'll read a scripture to you now. It says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, that's people who worship idols, <clears throat> nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, or people, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers, people who swindle people out of their money, 
will inherit the kingdom of God. And here's the line, and such were some of you, past tense, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So you were that, and that used to be your identity. You used to do those things and enjoy them and celebrate them and encourage other people to celebrate them. And right now, even reading the scripture, which a lot of people don't read out in church, but they avoid it for reasons you can imagine, is because we think people can't change. We don't believe in transformation. But he says here, and such were some of you. You see, when you become a Christian, your identity changes. In fact, identity is the thing of our time, isn't it? We identify with a certain way, a certain group. This is who I am, this is what I do. But God wants to give you a different identity. And it's that identity that grounds you. So we don't judge. We're not, listen, my message is today is that we're judging the people out there. This is Paul writing to the church saying, remember, you used to do these things. But you were washed, remember? You were sanctified. That means made holy. You were justified. And that means legal right standing with God. You know, when you make a decision of faith, you have a legal right standing with God that you've been justified, that your sins have been washed. Like, he doesn't remember them anymore. But, as you go through the Christian life, you become sanctified. Sanctification means made holy, washed, cleansed. So, here's the thing. When you became a Christian, the first time, or even growing up as a Christian, like many of you will have, your mind needs to be transformed. The Bible says be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So you can be thinking, okay, you can be born again and regenerated, but your thinking isn't right yet. And so God, over time, allows you to hear his word and to see his truth, how it plays out. And you do one thing and you realize that wasn't good for you. Uh, and, and you don't do it again other times, it's just God said it, I'm not going to do it. And that's a process of sanctification. As you look back through your life, you see how you're sanctified through your life. But you started from a place of you were justified. So it's not as if, like other religions in the world, you have to do good, right? Do good, 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 good. And maybe God will accept you at the end. Whereas Christianity, true understanding of Christianity, is that you start justified, okay? So you start like you've already got there, and it's from that place of acceptance and connection with God, like you see here, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the Spirit of our God. So the Spirit sanctifies you through your life. It's only the Spirit that can do that. The Spirit transforms you and gives you a new identity. I'll show you another scripture where it illustrates this, Romans chapter 8. Verse 13, it says, For if you live according to the flesh, that means living just like you did before, just the same old things without an understanding of God. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. Okay? You will not inherit that life that God's called you to. You'll not get that full reward God's called you to in eternity. You'll reap death from your sinful ways. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, say that, by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So here's the thing, look, 
if you, by the Spirit, so you can't overcome sin all by yourself. Do you understand that? Sin is powerful. Sin is, you know, it, it draws you in. And it's only God, by the Spirit, who frees you and gives you liberty over those things. But you have a part to play. In that you allow the Spirit, you don't quench the Spirit, you don't grieve the Spirit. You allow Him to do what He wants to do and sanctify you. So if you say, look, I'm never going to change this. Right? People never change. Well, God says that such were some of you. And I've given you a new identity now. And you can be transformed. You're supposed to be the temple. You're supposed to be the place. You know what a temple is? A place, it's a place that's been cleansed. It's been, it's been consecrated for a holy purpose. So that God can, can dwell there and be found there. And God said, that's what I've called you to. But he sanctifies you to be that. Todd White, an evangelist. And he has a big smile on his face. He's a big guy. He's a big smile. He's big dreadlocks. He just drives religious people crazy. To see his smile, they go, no. But God really uses this man. He really uses him in a powerful way. And when he was an atheist in his early 20s, he was running around and he was living the kind of gang lifestyle. And it kind of hurt everyone in his life. He had a young daughter. He had a partner. And he was just out one night doing the normal kind of things, dysfunctional things that he does, and he gets a phone book in this phone book, he just flicks it open, just for the sake of it, and he lands on churches, he lives in Texas, and he lands on churches, because I've just called a church, just for the sake of it, and he rings, the first number he finds, and he rings through to a guy called Dan Moller, who became his pastor later on, and he says to Dan, I don't really want to live anymore because I've just ruined everything. I'm just, you know, I don't believe in God. I don't know what the point is. I mean, what? And he, and he says to Dan all of these things. And Dan says to him, well, if you don't want your life anymore, why don't you give it to God and see what he will do with it? <laughs> anyway, he hangs up the phone. A few weeks later, Todd is in a, a deal. Someone takes shoots him just a short distance away and he survives. He's in his car and he survives. And as he's driving off at 90 miles an hour, a voice says to him in the car, I took those bullets for you, are you ready to live for me yet? And when he finally stopped his car, he looked and there wasn't a single bullet mark on the car, but the man was five meters away. So he goes back to Dan and just explains this, and explains, I heard a voice that he ready to live for me yet, and he's an atheist, he has no understanding, never been to church, and his whole life, up to the age of 25, and not one person his whole life had ever said, Jesus loves you. How is that possible? In Texas. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, he, he, he goes and explains to Dan, and Dan explains the gospel to him, like, Jesus died for you, he paid the price for your sins, but also he paid the price for to cleanse you and sanctify you from these things you found yourself in and give you a new life and a new heart. And Todd believes the gospel and when he's in a rehabilitation center, Jesus comes to him, physically comes to him in that place and, and sets him free from all of these things. God fills him with the Holy Spirit. God uses Todd in a really powerful way for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you to, to, to check out this story, but there's many like it. The point I'm making is this, is that God can take someone who's the complete opposite way to what you'd ever think. 
And God transforms them. God can take rubbles and turn it into a temple. Do you know what I'm saying? You think, I, you know what, if only I was like this, maybe God could use me. You know, you could be quadriplegic, you could be, you know, mentally out of it, you could just be all of these things. God is bigger than that. Do you understand? You were, you were created in the image of God and you were created to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not about you, it's about what He can do through you. Amen. But like I said, it's our mind. Our mind needs to be set on the things of the Holy Spirit. Be set on the things of God. How many of you know that when you're in a bad place, there's those things you run to that you shouldn't? And often they're not, they're not morally bad things, like things like going on social media. There's nothing wrong with going on social media. But if you're trying to fill that void, trying to fill that kind of low place with a dopamine fix from likes on Instagram, you're going to feel, you're not even going to feel better. Do you understand? And so God is giving you this source, and you don't need to go find it. You don't need to go scrolling through pages to find it. You don't need to travel to India to find it. I'm saying that because a lot of people don't find themselves in the East, whereas God, the Holy Spirit, lives within you if you're a believer. The source yeah. is within you. Yeah. The source lives within you. You don't need to go look for it. He lives within you. Yes. And so your mind needs to be set on the things of the Spirit. But to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. I don't know about you, but I want life and peace. I don't want to live lost. I don't want to live going the wrong direction. I don't want to live bound to those things I'm inclined to, that my flesh is inclined to. I want to be free. I want to live for God. I want to be a temple where, God, where I rise every morning and I give glory to God and I'm free and I'm liberated. That's what you're called to. You see, if sin, if you get bound in a sin, you end up feeling condemned and you, and you feel low and you don't want to talk to God. And yet that's the one thing you should be doing is coming to God because he's already justified you and you can come back to him and he can cleanse you and give you the power to overcome what you found yourself lost in. You're not going to have to sort yourself out over here and then come to God. You have to go to him because that's the only way that you're going to find resolution. Do you understand you were bought at a price. You are not your own. And Paul is shouting. I can hear him saying, and he, God saying, because you know scripture is inspired by God. It's written by people, but it's inspired by God. Do you not know you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body is what you are. It's like you're living as if you don't know. And I wonder, friends, how many of us live as we don't really know. We don't really know that we could be so full of glory, so full of power, Overcoming it all. Just like the early church and, and, and even Jesus himself. But we settle for less. We settle for a dirty temple rather than a cleansed temple. And God doesn't want you to live as a hypocrite. God doesn't want you to live bound. He doesn't want you to live without the fullness of what he's called you to. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. So glorify God in your body. You were bought at such a high price. Jesus paid for your freedom. He's paid for your eternal life. And we settle for less a lot of the time. We settle, and I'm not even talking just sinful activity. I'm talking about not even believing that he has so much more in store for you. 
that he really wants to use you, that he has, he could do more with your life than you could ever do with it. Because we try and figure out so many things in our own strength and do things in our own strength. And we're not just sitting down with God and having that fresh vision for your life again. You know, without a vision from God, you perish, you fall into just being lost, you don't know where you're going. But God wants you to have a vision for your life, a vision of what it means to be a carrier of his presence. Amen. Amen. Let's just stand to our feet and just, just respond to the Holy Spirit.